Well, this morning, it is such an honor to be here, and I have an amazing group of people behind me that are going to be preaching, and they have some amazing things to share. You know, we're talking about this morning, the story of Jesus in community, and the thought or the question this morning is, whose corner do you have? Have you ever found that moment where maybe you're hiking, beginning to hike up a mountain, or you're playing a sport, and you just feel like, I can't take one more step? For me, that's the minute I get into the parking lot of the hike. I'm like, well, just too much. I'm out. <laughs> you know, you get, you're, you're going up the mountain. And you think, I, I have to give up. I don't have anything left in me. And then you hear the voice of a friend or a loved one, and they say, come on, you got this. I believe in you. And suddenly you feel like an Avenger, you know? I remember being uh, a, a young girl playing soccer. And sometimes I'd already be out on the field playing my game and my parents would get there maybe a little late. And I remember suddenly I'd hear this roar of a voice. I'd hear the voice of my father and he'd go, you got it, Nat. Come out of the net, Nat. And I'd hear him scream. And it was like I became a superhero in that moment. The minute I heard somebody, my dad cheering me on, it was like, I can do this. I got this. You know, every one of us here, we were created by God for a purpose and for community. We were created for relationship with God, but we were also created for relationship with one another. And there's power when we do life together in godly community. There's an account in the Bible in Luke chapter or sorry, Mark chapter two, and we find Jesus has come to this house and he's beginning to minister to people. He's beginning to heal the sick and, and this house is packed out with people that no one else can fit in. And so we come to Mark two, two, and it says soon the house where he, Jesus, was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room even outside the door. And while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Uh, on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Next year at At The Movies, we're going to actually break through the roof, and we're going to lower a man. So not this year. We just did it was a little much, but uh, popcorn and people falling, not falling, being lowered through the roof. And it says this, verse 5, says, seeing their faith, seeing the faith of these four men, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And then we fast forward to the end of these verses. And it says in verse 11, Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. This morning, as we get ready to hear from our panel, just a couple thoughts on community. The first is this, is that godly community will carry you to a place where Jesus can transform you. You know, we all need people in our world. We need people who are willing to help carry us to a place, not just any place. It's not like, but to the, to the feet of Jesus. And there's something so different about godly community than just the community you find in a bowling league or just the, the community you find uh, in different groups. But there's something about people who say, I'm going to carry you to Jesus. And these four men were in the life of this broken man and they said, we have to get him to Jesus whatever it takes. And that's what godly community is. That's what your connect group's all about. That's what this, this church is all about. Second, godly community will believe for you even in times when you can't. 
You ever been in a place where people, they, they, they were speaking words to you that you said, man, I, I can't believe that yet for myself. But they were believing for you. And you know, the Bible says in verse five that Jesus seeing their faith, the faith of the four men, they believed that Jesus could transform this man. And it says Jesus responded to their faith. And godly community, you need people around you that sometimes when you don't see how God can deliver you, you get in a, you hide yourself in community and say, man, they're even believing for me and, and, until it becomes my own faith, amen? Thirdly, godly comu- community seeks life both spiritually and physically. And this man, he was physically broken, but Jesus knew he was spiritually dead. And he not only healed him physically, but he healed him spiritually. And there's something about in group, when we talk about group is life, or something about when you come to this place in godly community, that you may come in with natural brokenness that God heals, but suddenly you find healing in your spirit, in your soul, as Jesus heals you. And that's what godly community is all about. And lastly, godly community has the goal of you walking out the purposes of God. This man came in being carried on a mat, but he left carrying his own mat. And he left going to fulfill the purposes of God. You know, it's okay uh, to come into group broken and hurting, right? But God's intention is that we would also leave group and we'd leave Sundays being a little bit more like Jesus, being transformed. And you know what? Godly community says, man, you can come in how you are, but by the grace of God, we're leaving transformed people. By the grace of God, we're growing together. So this morning, we get the privilege of hearing from four different awesome people who are gonna share the four corners of community and share the heartbeat of community. So here's what I need, it's the group participation. You ready? You thought you just got to come and eat popcorn. <laughs> but the reality is we need you to, in, to lean in and tune in to what these awesome communicators have to say. The louder you cheer, the better they preach, man. And nine service, they were doing good, but I think that you guys, the 11 o'clock, you got some fire. And you know, you're just gonna get, the more you lean in, the more they're gonna preach. Uh, and, and so help them out, cheer them on. And uh, for some of them, this is the first Sunday they've preached, but come on, they're using their gifts and they have something to say and it's awesome. So you're gonna hear today four things. First, Josh, the incredible Josh, not the Incredible Hulk, the Incredible Josh. Uh, he's, <laughs> smile Josh. Uh, so he's gonna talk about how godly community will help you defeat sin and deception. And it's gonna be awesome. And then we get to hear from the Incredible Robert. Uh, he even wore an awesome Avengers shirt. So good. And he's gonna be talking to us today about how godly community will help us defeat loneliness and discouragement. And then I'm a little biased, but I think the most handsome world on planet, the most handsome man on planet Earth, right here, my husband Riley is gonna be sharing, you can give him a hand, on how community will help you accomplish the big mission of God. And then my incredible friend and cousin and, and firehouse preacher, Coco, Coco Irby is gonna be preaching. And she's talking about how godly community will help you activate your God-given giftings. So this morning, there's gonna be a five-minute timer. They're gonna preach it up. Let's give them a hand as we welcome Josh. Thank you, Pastor Nat. 
last time I set this down and it was really hard for me to preach and look down, I felt like I was getting distracted. So I'm gonna walk around with my iPad in my hands if that's okay with you guys. Um, today I get to talk with you guys about how community will help you defeat sin and deception. The thing that I really want you guys to take away from this, if I can whittle everything that I'm about to say down into one thing, is that everyone needs someone to watch their back. So understanding that sin and deception are things that we deal with, we also need to understand that there's an adversary that uses those tools to attack us on a regular basis. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says the enemy... The devil roams like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. My first point is the enemy doesn't fight fair. He is an opportunistic foe. Like a lion waits to pounce, they hide. They look for weakness. So the enemy does. But he doesn't do it by himself. He uses sin and deception. So if the enemy who's hiding, who's lurking, is trying to take us out, I think it's important that we understand how to beat him. My second point is more a question with an answer. If, how do we withstand the enemy's plots and attacks and his subterfuge? And the, the answer is by being in wise community. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 37 says, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. And I had this thought. I don't think it was an, a deep thought. It just kind of struck me. If bad company can corrupt, then the opposite has to be true. Godly company builds up or godly community builds up. There is strength in community. We are stronger together then we are alone. Or you can say we can defeat sin and deception in our life if we surround ourselves with godly people. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verses 9 through 12. Two people, are off, or two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But hear this, church. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. See, we even see this in the life of Jesus. As he's raising his disciples up, as he's commissioning them to go and preach the gospel, he didn't send them out one at a time. He sent them out in twos. So, how do we fight? Because I'm a fighter, I like to fight. And in the process of fighting, how do we stay safe? My third point, we stand shoulder to shoulder, back to back. If you look at my slide, I have a picture of elephants because I couldn't find a picture that I liked of the Avengers. But I think this picture accurately represents the point that I'm trying to make. The elephant, as big as they are, as strong as they are, they don't rely just solely on their individual strength when they're fighting or when they're defending themselves. They understand the nature of their enemy, and rather than stand alone, they stand shoulder to shoulder, back to back. 
all of us together, each one of us, have the opportunity daily to defeat sin and deception in our lives by fighting dirty. And by fighting dirty, I mean we don't fight alone. I'll take any advantage in a street fight. I don't fight fair. And the thing is, is that the enemy doesn't either. I think sometimes we have this idea that we need to, we're, we're constricted to a box. And yet the Bible says that as individuals, we can fall, but in community together, we're so much stronger. My fourth point, the blessing and victory comes in unity and unity can only be found in community. If we're willing to stand shoulder to shoulder, back to back, and stand in godly community, church, the promise isn't that we won't have to fight. There's no guarantee that in the process of fighting, we're not going to get bloodied up. The promise is that we'll not be fighting alone. And if you stand together, according to the Bible, you will have victory and the enemy will be forced to flee. Real quick, I want to read one last verse. It's in Romans chapter 8, verse 37. And the context of this scripture verse, I think, summarizes the very thing that I'm trying to tell you guys. During this time, the government of Rome is persecuting the church to the point where they're taking Christians and they're stringing them up on poles and they're dousing them in oil and they're setting them on fire for the amusement of the people. And yet the church has this opportunity to flee and to run away. And yet there's this lie. If you just give in, denounce, denounce, denounce. And yet they didn't. And it says this, church, and this is for each and every one of you. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through Christ. Praise the Lord. Yes, we are more than conquerors. That's awesome. I want to share just for a moment with you, and I have a quote that I'd like to read. Um, it says, the most terrible poverty is loneliness and the feeling of being unloved. Mother Teresa said this, and in truth, I really do feel that when people have this, this uh, experience of just feeling like they're not loved, it can come off and, and cause you to take a spin down the tubes into depression. And I really believe that God wants to pull us out of that and help us. And, and in so doing, I think we need superheroes in our life. I think that we need to have a great mom or a great dad. And, and if you didn't have a great mom or a great dad, that's not a problem because there's great friends that are superheroes. You know, we can call up to them and say, Lord, I, I mean, God helped this person to help me, and, and God's going to use them to do things mightily in your life. There's a superhero in a one superhero in the Bible that I know of, Samson. And oh, what a mighty story he had. But as a young man, he had this sense of loneliness because he just was looking for women that that he wanted. And the, unfortunately, the woman that he wanted was outside the camp of God's camp and in the Philistines' camp. He convinced his mom and dad to say, let's just go on a trail. I want to see her. And so they start walking on their trail together, and he takes a detour. And on this detour, he goes off by himself. And as a Nazarite, he had taken the vow that he was not going to be in vineyards. He was not going to deal with oh, taking wine or anything like that. And here he is finding himself in a vineyard. And in that place, um, it was a place he could find alone and with temptation. 
And I'm telling you right now, the enemy wants to take you and put you in a place where you're alone, and that gets you an opportunity to find temptation that can drag you down and bring harm to you. And so it's so important to stay with the community, to stay with people that love you and that you can trust. And as we find, the scripture shows us that he, he ran right into a lion, and a lion tried to kill him. Now, he was lucky this time. If he would have had a time with that happen again, and he gets away from people that could support him, that could, that could happen to any one of us, you know? We need to be, we need each other. That's so important. And as we begin to look at how powerful that is, I, I'm thinking about how many people there are here, and you're thinking, some of us may be dealing with loneliness right now. And even though you're right here in the middle of a crowd, you could be facing loneliness. And that could happen even though you're in a crowd. But, but God has a solution. And you know, as we begin to trust him, God can help us. And I love the fact that Joy has uh, these connect groups. You can jump into a connect group, find one that you can love on people, and just make yourself vulnerable and say, I need, you know, I need this, I need that. And they'll, God will use them to help you, and you'll be stronger because of it. Amen? That's powerful. I like the scriptures that Josh just read. I'm going to to touch on it. Two people are better off than one. At the end it says, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. That's Ecclesiastes. And you know, it's true. If you fall alone, it's hard to get up without the help of others. I'm reminded of, a, of prophet Elijah and how that he, God used him in a mighty way. And you know, you might be here today and God's used you in a powerful way, you know, but uh, that doesn't mean that your story's over. You've got more things that God wants to do in your life. And as I think about it, I, I was thinking, you know, Elijah, he'd done so much. He had raised the child from the dead, and he had, he'd got fed by ravens when it was in desert time, really. And he did so many wonderful, miraculous things. But here he is. He gets, he gets attacked and also threatened by Jezebel, and he goes running into a cave to hide out. Now, how many of you know what the feeling would like to run and say, I want to go into a cave and get out of here? And I'm thinking that the enemy would like to use that in our lives. If we'll just say, you know what, I'm not going to stay in this cave. I like the fact that he, the Bible tells us he jumped out of that cave and as he began to talk to God. And God said in a still, small voice, hey, there's more than you. I've got more than just you. And I want you to know there's more people in this building that can love you and love on you because you're special. And Jesus told the disciples as they were gathered around him and he was telling them frightening things. He was telling them things that would just be, just scare them to death. He was saying things like, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to die and, or I'm going to be gone and, and you won't see me no more and you're going to betray me and all these scary things. And they were like, no, that can't be. And so he says in John chapter 13, I'm going to read it from the New King James. It says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. In the world I, ha I will give, I have tribulation, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. There's another translation in the messenger that says, that says simply, let's see, it says, the Father is with me. I've told you all this so that trusting me, you will be unshakable and assured deeply at peace in this godless world, in this godless world, you will, over, you will continue to experience difficulties, but take heart, I've conquered the world. You know, if anybody can say they've conquered the world, it would be Jesus. He's the powerful superhero, you know? And he saves and solves and helps us and rescues us and strengthens us from loneliness and depression. Turn to Jesus Christ. He's the one. Amen? Awesome.
So this morning, I want to invite you guys to uh, come a bit into my world as an engineer. Uh, as an engineer, I think through almost everything in terms of problems and solutions. So in the clip we just saw, if they can pull up the next slide here, uh, the Avengers had a big problem, right? Uh, Thanos and his baddies, that's, that's a problem, uh, a huge problem that they could not face by themselves. In the same way, we, our, our problem is full of huge, huge problems. There are so many hurting, broken, lost people that need a touch of Jesus. Just a few issues on, on the screen here, uh, and there's so many more. There's suicide, human trafficking, homelessness, drug abuse, um, broken families, violence, uh, you name it. There's so many issues in this world, right? And they are big. The biggest one, I would say, is that over 70% of our population in the, whole, in the world does not know Jesus. That, it's a huge problem. So my goal is not to scare you or leave you here, but to say, hey, this is a problem, and there is a solution. Jesus said, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into the fields. The harvest is ripe. The world is ready for a change. And that solution from, from this problem is God's power, plus us together on mission yields huge, huge change. So God is powerful. He is so, so able to take down all those things, by, take down those issues, but he chooses to use you and I as a vehicle for that change together, right? Uh, we can't do it alone. The mission is far, far too big. And because of that, we have to, to band together. I love Deuteronomy 32. It says, how could one person chase a thousand of them and two people put 10,000 to flight unless the rock had sold them, unless the Lord had given them up? I love this verse. It shows uh, how God's math isn't multiplication, it's addition. I think as an engineer, okay, one, uh, you know, one sends a thousand, two sends, two thousand. Actually, it's two sends, 10,000. That's pretty awesome, right? Uh, really quickly to show how this works here. So if you're alone on mission, you look like this guy standing in front of uh, some tanks by himself. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I don't want to be that guy. I would rather be like these guys doing that. Uh, doesn't that look a little, a little better to you guys? Yeah. Um, I think sometimes it can be so easy to, uh, yeah, to get st stuck by yourself trying to fight this mission. But when we stand together, we see God's power multiplied through us as a, as a body, right? Uh, so December 7th, 1941, many of you guys know of that date as Pearl Harbor, the attack on Pearl Harbor. Uh, planes were dropping bombs on ships in the harbor, sinking them, and about 2,400 people were killed that day. It was a devastating attack on our country, and yet a really interesting thing happened that day. What happened was, all of a sudden, overnight, this, this flip switched in the U.S. and caused a huge bump in enlistment. There was money pouring into the war effort. There was this unified effort in the U.S. to say, this is, this is on our shores. The, the battle has gone from this distant thing far away to now, this is right here. This is imminent, and the battle is right here. So our battle in our world is right here on our shores in the same way, right? The things that we've been talking about, those statistics, those people, those are actually faces and names right with us, right? Right on our families, our kids, our coworkers. You can probably think about right now, there are probably people you could see faces of, that person needs Jesus to move in their life. That, I, maybe it's in my life, right? Maybe it's in each one of our lives. Those things are real and those things are right here with us. 
Romans 10, 14 through 15 says, but how can you call on, him to say, or call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go and tell them without being sent? You and I are the ones are being sent. We need to go. We need to go to those people, those faces that we're thinking about right now, those people that are our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers. The call to action is so real. And this is not just for the pastors. This is not just for leaders. This is not for just for your connect group leader. This is for you and I to say on mission together, every one of us, we need to press into what God wants to do. We need to see Jesus move in a mighty way in our city, in our world. Um, and I'll leave you with this quote, William Booth quote, while women weep as they do now, I'll fight. While little children go hungry as they do now, I'll fight. While men go to prison in and out, in and out as they do now, I'll fight. While there is a drunkard left, while there is a poor girl lost upon the streets, while there remains one dark soul lost uh, or without the light of God, I'll fight, I'll fight to the very end. Let us be people that fight with everything we have to the very end on mission together and see Jesus move in our city, move in our world, and do amazing things. So with that, I'll welcome up Coco. Hello, church. I'm so honored to be able to speak with you this morning um, and look at my vendor shirt. I wore it to represent. Yes. Three things. I love Jesus, the Avengers, and I don't like smacking. So thank goodness I'm the last one because I don't have to hear it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Eat your popcorn. Um, I want to share a little bit about, I'm speaking on activating your gifts, and I want to share a little bit about how I got activated. So about five years ago, uh, my husband and I, Josh, we have been attending church, right? Just coming, sitting in a pew, and I'd serve in the two and three-year-olds about once a month, right? You know what? I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me one day because I was just coming and just attending, right? You know, doing, paying my tithes, all those things. But I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me and say, Coco, what are you doing? Why are you wasting the gifts I have for you and that call on your life? And I was like, what? Are you sure? Why? And today, it's important that we don't waste the gifts that God has for us. It's not okay. Because if we don't do it, who else is going to do it? Right? No one can take our place. So I felt like there's more in me. That's what what the Holy Spirit said. There's more in you. And I want to use you. So I went to my husband and I said, this is what I feel like God's saying. I feel God saying, get out of that pew and start running. And I, he's like, okay. And so I went and had a meeting with Pastor Natalie. I shared with her. I said, Pastor Natalie, I'm sick of sitting on the sidelines. I'm ready to run the race God has for me. Not for me, but for people. I want to help God pursue what God has for me for you not just for me, right? I realized I had more in me because I said yes to him. That's the best yes you're ever going to get, is saying yes to him. You know what, church? I believe that we are terrified in stepping in what God has for us. 
Because we think we've got to measure up to someone else's standards, and that's not true. Let me tell you why. I was at a youth camp. This was almost nine years ago, and Pastor Randy was the speaker at this youth camp, and he had, was praying over everybody. One of the things he prayed over me was, you walk into a room, and you look to the right and to the left, and you think, I'm not, you're not good enough to be used. And he said, that's not true. I chose you. In the midst of everybody, I chose you. And church, I believe you need to hear, you're chosen. He loves you. He's got a gift just for you. You will never do something exactly like someone else. It's true. Don't try to put yourself in someone else's shoes. Those aren't your shoes. Right? Just like Thor with the hammer, Captain America with his shield, and Black Widow with her awesome butt-kicking skills, right? And I did say butt in church, excuse me. They are each different people, but they have different skills. They're on the same team trying to win, right? And we're on the same team, but we're on the best team. We're not an Avenger for the show. We are an Avenger for Jesus, right? And I want to read Romans 12, 4, 3, because I think you need to hear this. Just as our bodies have many parts, and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body we are many parts of one body. We all belong to each other. In his grace, God is giving you different skills for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If, if it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take it seriously. And if you have a gift of showing kindness to others, do it gladly. And guess what? I think we look at the pulpit and we say, they're the ones doing the work. And guess what? They are doing part of it. They're doing part of it. But you know what? We need all parts. Like Ryan Moore on the sound booth. Come on. Like Jennifer Bauman and Jody Perrin and kids. Like Cindy Cullen on Greeters and Don Dedrick on Parking Lot. The list can go on and on. Guess what? I have really good news for you. You are needed. In Ephesians 3.20 says, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask. Church, don't waste time like I did. Only you can fulfill your call and your gifts. Just say yes to him and watch what God will do in your life and others around you. Come on, can we just give a huge thank you to our entire panel? Wow. How many of you guys are stirred to say, God, you can have my life. Lord, you can use me in community. God, I want to be used. You know, in that movie clip that we watched a few minutes ago, there was a scene towards the end, and it was, we see all of a sudden, it looks like the lady's all by herself, and what was her name again? Scarlet. Black, that was the other one. And she was dying, and they said, you're going to die alone. And all of a sudden, the ladies come behind her, and they say, no, she's not alone. 
And I think one of the tragedies in life would be to live life alone without community, not fulfilling the purposes of God. But we're invited in and say, you're not alone. You're not gonna die here. You're not gonna, this isn't the end of your story. We're gonna walk in community. You know, as we wrap up and we look at our responses, we have a few questions to to end on. And, And the first question is this, is who has your corner? Who has your corner? Who have you invited in, in godly community to say, I, I, I give you permission to walk with me and, and, to, and to help me, I need you. We can't do this life alone. Our faith was never intended to be by ourselves. Who is carrying the corner? You know, I'm inviting you to, to jump into connect group. You know, we really believe group is life, that we need people helping carry our corner, helping us through the good times and the hard times, the broken times and the times of celebration we need someone in our corner and the second question is whose corner do you have because we not only need people in our lives but we have to be like Josh said that you cannot have unity without community like you have to have community and not only do we need someone in our corner but there are people who need us in their corner there's someone that needs you tonight at your group there's somebody that needs to know you're going to be sitting next to them next Sunday and realizing you're not alone I got your corner I'm going to be there for you I'm going to I'm going to fight for you when you won't even fight for yourself and the last question to ask ourselves is what does your corner look like what is the gift that you didn't even see as a gift you think you're just really good at cooking and you don't realize God's given you the gift of hospitality to hope open your home and host a connect group you think you're just really good with kids but the reality is God's called you to use your gifts and enjoy kids and to serve the next generation of young young kids coming up in the house of God You think you're just good with fixing things, but maybe God's calling you to start a connect group that's all about fixing the church. Praise Jesus, anybody? God gave you the gift to swing that hammer and to make a difference in building and serving. What is your corner? What does it look like? We need every single person to not minimize who God made you to be and who he made me to be, but to say, Lord, I will grab my corner and I will use my gifts for the sake of your glory. What does your corner look like? You know, here's what we would invite you to do, the call to action, the the enlistment, the call for the Avengers to unite, right? Is first, if you're not in a group, join a group. Don't go another day without people in your corner. There are people who are eager to invite you in and say, there's a seat at the table. Grab a cup of coffee and let's follow Jesus together. Join a group. Second, begin growth track. I'm encouraging you, whether you've been to Joy, this is your first week, or you've been here for years. If you haven't started this journey of discovering your gifts and using them for the glory of God, start growth track next Sunday. Don't wait another week. Begin that journey of developing your gifts and using them. And lastly, if you've gone through growth track, but you say, you know what, there's an area I've been scared to serve in. There's an area that I've been, I've been and you, maybe you heard Coco sharing and you hear God saying, what are you doing? Don't waste your gift. I would encourage you today to just begin to say yes and begin to serve and use those gifts for the glory of God. And lastly, recognize that together when we will be in godly community and use our gifts for his glory, there will be lives transformed. As the band comes up today, you know, maybe you came to this place and every week people come to this place looking for God. You might feel like Samson as Robert talked about, you might feel like the statistics that Riley shared and you say, my life is so broken, so shattered. 
You maybe feel like Samson who wandered off the path and you've gotten yourself into some situations. You say, God, I, I don't know how to get out of this. But I want you to know today that there is the greatest superhero. There is the one who made a way for every one of us to have life and relationship. He's the one who made a way that when we were far from God, when we were lost in our sin, Jesus at the perfect time came to rescue us, to save us, and to pay the price we could never pay. And right now as you close your eyes and you bow your head, if you came to this place and you say, man, I need Jesus to save me. I've been walking this road alone far too long. And I'm asking that Jesus would save me. I want to put my faith in him and follow him. I need him to save me. I can't do this on my own. If you're here this morning and you need Jesus to save you, just lift your hand wherever you are right now. Just lift your hand and say, Jesus, I need you. Wherever you're at, awesome. I see that hand. All of, wherever you're at in this room, from the back to the front, you say, Jesus, see that hand. Jesus, I need you to save me. I can't do this alone. Come on, wherever you're at, just lift your hand. It's just an outward expression of an inward choice of just saying, Jesus, I surrender. Jesus, I give you. Right now, we want to make an opportunity. Anybody here, you say, I need Jesus. I put my faith in him. I put my trust in him. Awesome, man. We're so excited for those of you here this morning that just said, Jesus, here's my life. Church, let's all pray together this simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I give you my life. I receive your free gift of grace, your gift of life. And I put my trust in you. I surrender all that I am and I ask that you would save me. I can't save myself, but I receive your life. If you will be my God, I will be your child. Help me to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen.